Section 13 of The Perfumed Garden by Sheikh Nafzawi, translated by Richard Burton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Alia Makki. Chapter 20 Forming the conclusion of this work and treating of the good effect of the deglution of eggs as favorable to the coitus. Now, O Vizier, God be good to you, that this chapter contains the most useful instructions how to increase the intensity of the coitus, and that the latter part is profitable to read, for an old man as well as for the man in his best years, and for the young man. The Sheikh, who gives good advice to the creatures of God the Great, the sage, the savant, the first of the men of his time, speaks as follows on this subject. Listen then to his words. He who takes it a practice to eat every day fasting the yolks of eggs without the white part will find in this aliment an energetic stimulant towards coitus. The same is the case with a man who during three days eats of the same mixture with onions. He who boils asparagus and then fries them in fat, and then pours upon them the yolks of eggs with pounded condiments, and eats every day of this dish, will grow very strong for the coitus, and find in it a stimulant for his amorous desires. He who peels onions, puts them into a saucepan with condiments and aromatic substances, and fries the mixture with oil and yolks of of eggs will acquire a surpassing and invaluable vigour for the coitus if he will partake of this dish for several days camel's milk mixed with honey and taken regularly develops a vigour for copulation which is unaccountable and causes the virile member to be on the alert night and day he who for several days makes his meals upon eggs boiled with myrrh coarse cinnamon and pepper will find his vigour with respect to coition and erection greatly increased he will have a feeling as though his member would never return to the state of repose a man who wishes to copulate during a whole night and whose desire having come on suddenly will not allow him to prepare himself and follow the regimen just mentioned may have to recourse to the following recipe he must get a great number of eggs so that he may eat to surfeit and fry them with fresh fat and butter when done he immerses them in honey working the whole mass together he must then eat of them as much as possible with a little bread and he may be certain that for the whole night his member will not give him any rest on this subject the following verses have been composed the member of abul hayluj has remained erect for thirty days without a break because he did eat onions abul hayja has deflowered in one night once eighty virgins and he did not eat or drink between because he surfeited himself first with chickpeas and had drunk camel's milk with honey mixed Maimun the negro never ceased to spend his sperm while he for fifty days without a truce the game was working how proud was he to finish such a task for ten days more he worked it not was he yet surfeited but all this time he ate but yolk of eggs and bread the deeds of abul hayluj abul hayja and maimun jocided have been justly praised and their history is truly marvellous so i will make you acquainted with it please god and thus complete the signal services which this work is designed to render to humanity the history of zahra 
the sheikh the protector of religion god the highest be good to him records that there lived once in a remote antiquity an illustrious king who had numerous armies and immense riches this king had seven daughters remarkable for their beauty and perfections these seven had been born one after another without any male infant between them the king of the time wanted them in marriage but they refused to be married they wore men's clothing rode on magnificent horses covered with gold-embroidered trappings knew how to handle the sword and the spear and bore men down in single combat each of them possessed a splendid palace with the servants and slaves necessary for such service for the preparation of meat and drink and other necessities of that kind whenever a marriage offer for one of them was presented to the king he never failed to consult with her about it but they always answered that shall never be different conclusions were drawn from these refusals some in a good sense some in a bad one for a long time no positive information could be gathered of the reason for this conduct and the daughters preserved in acting in the same manner until the death of their father then the oldest of them was called upon to succeed him and receive the oath of fidelity from all his subjects this accession to the throne resounded through all the countries the name of the eldest was fawzul jamal the flower of beauty the second was sultanat al-aqmar the queen of the moons the third badiat al-jamal the incomparable in beauty the fourth al-warda the rose the fifth mahmuda the praiseworthy the sixth al-kamila the perfect and finally the seventh zahra the beauty zahra the youngest was at that same time the most intelligent and judicious she was passionately fond of the chase and one day as she was riding through the fields she met on her way a cavalier who saluted her and she returned his salute she had some twenty men in her service with her the cavalier thought it was the voice of a woman he had heard but zahra's face was covered by a flap of her hike and he was not certain and said to himself i would like to know whether this is a woman or a man he asked one of the princess's servants who dissipated his doubts approaching zahra he then conversed pleasantly with her until they made a halt for breakfast he sat down near her to partake of the repast disappointing the hopes of the cavalier the princess did not uncover her face and pleading that she was fasting ate nothing he could not help admiring secretly her hand the gracefulness of her waist and the amorous expression of her eyes his heart was seized with a violent love the following conversation took place between them the cavalier is your heart insensible for friendship Zahra, it is not proper for a man to feel friendship for a woman for it is their hearts once inclined towards each other libidinous desires will soon invade them and with satan inciting them to do wrong their fall is soon known by every one the cavalier it is not so when the affection is true and their intercourse pure without infidelity or treachery Zahra, if a woman gives way to the affection she feels for a man she becomes an object of slander in the whole world and of general contempt whence nothing arises but trouble and regrets the cavalier but our love will remain secret and in this retired spot which may serve us as our place of meeting we shall have intercourse together unknown to all Zahra, 
that may not be besides it could not so easily be done we should soon be suspected and the eyes of the whole world would be turned upon us the cavalier but love love is the source of life the happiness that is the meeting the embraces the caresses of love the sacrifice of the fortune and even of the life for your love zahra these words are impregnated with love and your smile is seductive but you would do better to refrain from similar conversation the cavalier your word is emerald and your counsels are sincere but love has now taken root in my heart and no one is able to tear it out if you drive me away from you i shall assuredly die Zahra, for all that you must return to your place and i to mine if it pleases god we shall meet again then they separated bidding each other adieu and returned each of them to their dwelling the cavalier's name was abul hayja his father Kairun, was a great merchant and immensely rich whose habitation stood isolated between the estate of the princess a day's journey distant from her castle abul hayja returned home could not rest and put again his tamur when the night fell took a black turban and buckled his sword under his tamur then he mounted his horse and accompanied by his favourite negro maimoun he rode away secretly under the cover of the night they travelled all night without stopping until on the approach of daylight the dawn came upon them in sight of zahra's castle then they made a halt among the hills and entered with their horses into a cavern which they found there abul hayja left the negro in charge of the horses and went in the direction of the castle in order to examine its approaches he found it surrounded by a very high wall not being able to get into it he retired to some distance to watch those who came out but the whole day passed away and he saw no one coming out after sunset he sat himself down at the entrance of the cavern and kept on watch until midnight then sleep overcame him he was lying asleep with his head on maimoun's knee when the latter suddenly awakened him what is it he asked oh my master said maimoun i have heard some noise in the cavern and i saw the glimmer of light he rose at once and looking attentively he perceived indeed a light towards which he went and which guided him to a recess in the cavern having ordered the negro to wait for him while he was going to find out where it proceeded from he took his sabre and penetrated deeper into the cavern he discovered a subterranean vault into which he descended the road to it was nearly impracticable on account of the stones which encumbered it he contrived however after much trouble to reach a kind of crevice through which the light shone which he had perceived looking through it he saw the princess zahra surrounded by about a hundred virgins they were in magnificent palace dug out in the heart of the mountain splendidly furnished and resplendent with gold everywhere the maidens were eating and drinking and enjoying the pleasures of the table abul hayja said to himself alas i have no companion to assist me at this difficult moment under the influence of this reflection he returned to his servant maimoun and said to him go to my brother before god abul hayluj and tell him to come here to me as quick as he can the servant forthwith mounted upon his horse and rode upon the remainder of the night of all his friends abul hayluj was the one whom abul hayja liked best he was the son of a vizier this young man and abul hayja and the negro maimoun passed as the three strongest and most fearless men of their time and no one ever succeeded in overcoming them in combat 
when the negro maimun came to his master's friend and had told him what had happened the latter said certainly we belong to god and shall return to him then he took his sabre mounted his horse and taking his favourite negro with him made his way with maimun to the cavern abul hija came out to meet him and bid him welcome and having informed him of the love he bore for zahra he told him of his resolution to penetrate forcibly into the palace of the circumstances under which he had taken refuge in the cavern and the marvellous scene he had witnessed while there abul Luj was dumb with surprise at nightfall they heard singing boisterous laughter and animated talking abul hija said to his friend go to the end of the subterranean passage and look you will then make excuse for the love of your brother abul Hayluj, stealing softly down to the lower end of the grotto looked into the interior of the palace and was enchanted to the sight of these virgins and their charms oh brother he asked which among these women is zahra abul Hayja answered the one with the irreproachable shape whose smile is irresistible whose cheeks are roses and whose forehead is resplendently white whose head is encircled by a crown of pearls and whose garments sparkle with gold she is seated on a throne encrusted with rare stones and nails of silver and she is leaning her head upon her hind i have observed her of all the others said abul Hayluj, as though she were a standard or a blazing torch but oh my brother let me draw your attention to a matter which appears not to have struck you what is it asked abul Hayja. his friend replied it is very certain o oh my brother that licentiousness reigns in this place observe that these people come here only at night-time and that this is a retired place there is every reason to believe that it is exclusively consecrated for feasting drinking and debauchery and if it was your idea that you could have come to her you love by any other way than the one on which we are now you would have found that you have deceived yourself even if you had found means to communicate with her by the help of other people and why so asked abul Hayja because said his friend as far as i can see zahra solicits the affection of young girls which is a proof that she can have no inclination for men nor be responsive to their love oh abul Hayluj, said abul Hayja, i know the value of your judgment and it is for that i have sent you you know that i have never hesitated to follow your advice and counsel oh my brother said the son of the vizier if god had not guided you to this entrance of the palace you would never have been able to approach zahra but from here please god we can find our way next morning at sunrise they ordered their servants to make a breach in that place and managed to get everything out of the way that could obstruct the passage this done they hid their horses in another cavern safe from wild beasts and thieves then all the four the two masters and the two servants entered the cavern and penetrated into the palace each one of them armed with sabre and buckler then they closed up again the breach and restored its former appearance now they found themselves in the darkness but abul Hayluj, having struck a match lighted one of the candles and they began to explore the palace in every sense it seemed to them the marvel of marvels the furniture was magnificent everywhere there were beds and couches of all kinds rich candelabra splendid lustres sumptuous carpets and tables covered with dishes fruits and beverages 
then when they had admired all these treasures they went on examining the chambers counting them there was a great number of them and in the last one they found a secret door very small and of appearance which attracted their attention abul hayluj said this is probably the door which communicates with the palace come o oh my brother we will wait the things that are to come in one of these chambers they took their position in a cabinet difficult of access high up and from which one could see without being seen so they waited till night came on at that moment the secret door opened giving admission to a negress carrying a torch who set alight all the lustres and candelabra and arranged the beds set the plates placed all sorts of meats upon the tables with cups and bottles and perfumed the air with the sweetest scents soon afterwards the maidens made their appearance their gait denoted in the same time indifference and languor they seated themselves upon the divans and the negress offered them meat and drink they ate drank and sang melodiously then the four men seeing them giddy with wine came down from their hiding-places with their sabres in their hands brandishing them over the heads of the maidens they had first taken care to veil their faces with the upper part of their haik who are these men cried zohra who are invading our dwelling under the cover of the shades of the night have you risen out of the ground or did you descend from the sky and what do you want cushion they answered with whom asked zohra with you o apple of my eye said abul hayja advancing zohra said who are you i am abul hayja but how is it that you know me it is i who met you while out hunting at such and such a place but what brought you hither the will of god the highest at this answer zahra was silent and set herself to think of a means by which she could rid herself of these intruders now among the virgins that were present there were several whose vulvas were like iron barred and whom no one had been able to deflower there was also present a woman called Muna she who appeases the passion who was insatiable as regard to coition zahra thought to herself it is only by a stratagem i can get rid of these men by means of these women i will set them tasks which they will be unable to accomplish as conditions for my consent then turning to abul hayja she said to him you will not get possession of me unless you fulfil the conditions which i shall impose upon you the four cavaliers at once consented to this without knowing them and she continued but if you do not fulfil them will you pledge your word that you will be my prisoners and place yourself entirely at my disposition we, we pledge, pledge our words they answered she made them take their oath that they would be faithful to their word and then placing her hand in that of abul hayja she said to him as regards to you i impose upon you the task of deflowering eighty virgins without ejaculating such is my will he answered i accept she let him then enter a chamber where there were several kinds of beds and sent to him the eighty virgins in succession abul hayja deflowered them all and so ravished in a single night the maidenhood of eighty young girls without ejaculating the smallest drop of sperm this extraordinary vigour filled zahra with astonishment and likewise all those who were present the princess turning then to the negro maimoun asked and this one what is his name they said maimoun your task shall be said the princess pointing to Muna, 
to do this woman's business without resting for fifty consecutive days you need not ejaculate unless you like but if the excess of fatigue forces you to stop you will not have fulfilled your obligation they all cried out at the hardness of such a task but maimoun protested and said i accept the condition and i shall come out of it with honour the fact was that this negro had an insatiable appetite for the coitus zahra told him to go with munna to her chamber impressing upon the latter to let her know if the negro should exhibit the slightest trace of fatigue and you what is your name she asked the friend of abul heja abul heiluj he replied well then abul heiluj what i require of you is to remain here in the presence of these women and virgins for fifty consecutive days with your member during this period always in erection during day and night and she said to the fourth what is your name fella good fortune was his answer very well fella she said you will remain at our disposition for any services which we may have to demand of you however zahra in order to leave no motive for any excuse and so that she might not be accused of bad faith had asked them first of all what regiment they wished to follow during the period of their trial abul heja had asked only for one drink excepting water camel's milk with honey and for nourishment chickpeas cooked with meat and abundance of onions and by means of these aliments he did by the permission of god accomplish his remarkable exploit abul heiluj demanded for his nourishment onions cooked with meat and for drink the juice pressed out of pounded onions mixed with honey maimoun on his part asked for yolks of eggs and bread however abul heja claimed of zuhra the favour of copulating with her on the strength of the fact that he had fulfilled his engagement she answered him oh impossible the condition which you have fulfilled is inseparable from those which your companions have to comply with the agreement must be carried out in its entirety and you will find me true to my promise but if one amongst you should fail in his task you will all be my prisoners by the will of god abul heja gave way in the face of this firm resolve and sat amongst the girls and women and ate and drank with them whilst waiting for the conclusion of the tasks of his companions at first zahra feeling convinced that they would soon all be at her mercy was all amiability and smiles but when the twentieth day had come she began to show signs of distress and on the thirtieth she could no longer restrain her tears for on that day abul heiluj had finished his task and having come out of it honourably he took his seat by the side of his friend amongst the company who continued to eat tranquilly and to drink abundantly from that time the princess who had now no other hope than in the failure of the negro maimoun relied upon his becoming fatigued before he finished his work she sent every day to munna for information who sent word that the negro's vigour was constantly increasing and she began to despair seeing already abul heja and abul heiluj coming off as victors in their enterprises one day she said to the two friends i have made inquiries about the negro and munna has let me know that he is exhausted with fatigue at these words abul heja cried in the name of god if he does not carry out his task ay and if he does not go beyond it for ten days longer he shall die the vilest of deaths 
but his zealous servant never during the period of fifty days took any rest in his work of copulation and kept going on besides for ten days longer as ordered by his master Muna, on her part had the greatest satisfaction as this feat had at last appeased her ardour for coition Maimun, having remained victor, could then take his seat with his companions. Then said Abul Hajjah to Zuhra, See, we have fulfilled all the conditions you have imposed upon us. It is now for you to accord me the favours which, according to our agreement, were to be the price if we succeeded. But it is too true, answered the princess, and she gave herself up to him, and he found her excelling the most excellent as to the negro maimoun he married muna abul Hayluj chose amongst all the virgins the one he had found the most attractive they all remained in the palace giving themselves up to a good cheer and all possible pleasures until death put an end to their happy existence and dissolved their union god be merciful to them as well as to all muslims amen it is to this top that the verses cited previously make allusion i have given it here because it testifies to the efficacy of the dishes and the remedies the use of which i have recommended for giving vigour for coition and all learned men agree in acknowledging their salutary effects there are still other beverages of excellent virtue i will describe the following take one part of the juice pressed out of pounded onions and mix it with two parts of purified honey heat the mixture over a fire until the onion juice has disappeared and the honey only remains then take the residue from the fire let it get cool and preserve it for use when wanted then mix the same one awqiyya with three awaq of water and let chickpeas be macerated in this fluid for one day and one night this beverage is to be partaken of during winter and on going to bed only a small quantity is to be taken and only for one day the member of him who has drunk of it will not give him much rest during the night that follows as to the man who partakes of it for several consecutive days he will constantly have his member rigid and upright without intermission a man with an ardent temperament ought not to make use of it as it may give him a fever nor should the medicine be used three days in succession except by old or cold-tempered men and lastly it should not be resorted to in the summer i certainly did wrong to put this book together but you will pardon me nor let me pray in vain o god award no punishment for this on judgment day and thou o reader hear me conjure thee to say so be it End of section thirteen.